0: Good evening. It's uh, it's very good for my family to be here with you all. Uh, sorry about Randy, uh, but those things happen to preachers just like they do anyone else. But we're glad to be here, and I hope the things that we discuss will be of some value uh, to you. Uh, last month, there was a, an uproar uh, involving uh, Churches of Christ, uh, one church in particular, the church that's on the board, the Ridgedale Church, over uh, in the suburb area of Chattanooga. Uh, it brought a lot of attention, uh, unwanted attention, I might add, to the church uh, through various means. Uh, there were newspaper uh, articles, magazine articles. It was on the television. And uh, flooded the Internet uh, with information about uh, what took place uh, over in that region uh, last month. It was on August the 5th, 2013, city commissioners got together, and they, they passed a bill that's never been passed in the state of Tennessee before. They voted four to one to put uh, government employees, in that uh, locale at least, uh, put their uh, extended family members uh, on uh, benefits like insurance and things like that. Uh, this had to do with uh, gay and homosexual marriages. Uh, In the case, under consideration, there was uh, a police officer. Uh, Her name is uh, Kat Cooper, and I'm trying to bring her up there. There it is. Uh, Kat Cooper is an 11-year veteran with the uh, Collegedale Police Department, and uh, she was an advocate of getting this this, uh, started in that region of Tennessee. And uh, as I said, uh, she was successful. Uh, Sitting next to her is her wife Krista Uh, the way they explain themselves uh, Is that cat is the husband and Krista is the wife? Uh, But in the picture on the board. They're both sitting there uh, listening as the commissioners uh, discuss the matter of uh, Extending benefits to uh, same-sex marriage partners well on this particular day August the 5th uh, they got what they had been looking for Uh, Kat Cooper she had been working toward this end uh, very diligently and uh, Of course she was very excited that day that uh, her labor had not been in vain Uh, She would and her partner would receive uh, benefits from Taxpayers they were married uh, earlier this year in the month of May most important is the woman on the wall right now her name is Linda Cooper Now Linda fits into this, she's not of that persuasion, she's a heterosexual, uh, her husband is a man, but uh, Kat is her daughter. And uh, Miss Cooper, uh, at least Linda, she was uh, at the meetings supporting her mama, or her daughter rather, and uh, she was commenting to uh, the television news, the newspapers and whatever, uh, of how proud she was of her daughter, of how much she had accomplished. Uh, she was very happy that uh, she had won a victory. Uh, there were many things uh, that that was said, and it's important to understand that because the media that's discussing these things, they're not telling that. I'll show you what they're telling in a minute, but it's it's a long ways from the truth. Uh Miss Cooper uh, agrees that gay marriages should be recognized by the state, that uh, extended family members should be entitled to government or taxpayer benefits, uh, and she made her position crystal clear uh, on the television, newspapers, and whatever. She also made it clear that homosexuality is not a sin. What her daughter was doing was perfectly natural. Uh, some people are born that way; some people are not. Her daughter was born that way. She is a creation of God. Therefore God's responsible Therefore it is not a sin that is the logic uh, she used as she presented her case Well as you could imagine uh, This drew a lot of attention to Christians who are pro-homosexuality And it also drew a, a, a lot of attention to the Little Ridgedale congregation It's not a very large congregation And uh, people, all eyes were on the church because she was a member of the church. And as a Christian, she is a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ as well as churches of Christ. So the television, uh, the newspapers, they wanted to interview Miss Cooper, and they did. Uh, And there the congregation was in their homes in the evening and when the news came on They see one of their members uh, on the television saying that homosexuality is not a sin uh, Advocating things we do not believe to be true Well this left the elders in a dilemma one of their members is spreading Information such as that that is not true and as the elders of the congregation they've got to do something about it Uh, one of the members of the church has stepped into the dark and they've got to try to get her back into the light they loved her, her family had been members of this congregation since its inception, they had been members there now for 60 years her daddy was an elder at the church before he passed on and uh, Linda was uh, loved by all in the church but She was going to have to repent of the things she had said of all the attention She had drawn to our Lord and his church and the elders called her in they spoke to her and her family members And they told them what the concern the problem was and uh, She told them what she'd been telling everyone else. She had done nothing wrong Homosexuality was not a sin she had nothing to repent of and the elders made their position crystal clear You have got to repent Or We're going to have to take more drastic measures They were following the steps outlined by our Lord in Matthew chapter 18 I've spoken to the elders since all of that happened Well, she refused to repent. They took all the steps they could the news media was hounding them on a daily basis and finally they had to withdraw fellowship from her and when they did that started a firestorm like you wouldn't believe Radical groups came out of the walls from almost everywhere Tormenting that poor little church for what they had done because as you know in our country today This is a hot button issue. It's a very highly Recognized political issue and of course everybody was wanting to throw their two cents in it was a good opportunity to rip religion and the church uh, at this time As I said she represented the Lord Jesus and the elders did what they were required to do by the Son of God It was hard. I know it was hard It's hard for any eldership to do that if there's anything elders don't want to do They don't want to get in that kind of a mess in the congregation But sometimes they're left with no choice they have got to get the leaven out of the church and That's what Paul the Apostle discussed in 1st Corinthians chapter 5 and that's what elderships must do today As Heartbreaking as it is they must do it. These men did it and I commend them for what they did They did it just like they're expected to do Headlines around Chattanooga and other places uh, are on the, the board above church discipline is extreme case of homophobia Uh, They're going to of course make it a issue against homosexuality Another headline after same-sex couple victory in Collegedale the church ousts gay detectives family Obviously, they're trying to make the church look bad because uh, this bill passed and uh, a daughter of one of their members uh, is is a lesbian the church decided to throw the entire family out that's the way the news media is trying to make it look that's not what happened but that's the way they're trying to make it look and people who read the headlines or who watched these things on tv they thought my oh my what a terrible bunch of people but it wasn't the truth they weren't conveying the truth the church that stole Jesus. This is what religious people were saying. Many of them preachers from the denominational sect that supports this type of behavior. The church that stole Jesus. The, the meaning is Jesus uh, was pro-homosexuality. Uh, and the churches have stolen him claiming that he was against it. And then I got one more. Uh, I hope it will come up. There you go. The land of faith police. On mercy, love, and homosexuality. As you can tell, these headlines are designed to incite prejudice, and they were quite successful in what they did. Uh, this year, earlier this year, out in the state of California, there was uh, one of the Lord's churches out there who uh, discovered that one of their members uh, was a bunny at the Playboy uh, Bunny organization. Well, once they found out uh, how she earned money, the elders had to talk with her about what she was doing, that this was unbecoming of a child of God. And uh, this was the way she made her living and she didn't want to give it up. She made uh, a good living. And the elders, uh, they begged and they begged and they begged her to give up that matter of, uh, that means of making her living. She refused to do so. Ultimately, they had to disfellowship her. Boy, you could just imagine what the headlines were at that time. Well, the truth of the matter was there were no headlines There was no newspaper there. There was no television cameras there Nobody was there. Nobody really cared What happened out in California is the same thing that happened over here in Chattanooga one got attention the other one didn't get attention and the reason was the cause of each one of these cases. One of them was dealing with homosexuality, and because it was, it became a firestorm. This is a battle we have got to fight. It's a battle that's not going to go away anytime soon, and it's going to get worse, and it's going to get worse. Churches have been charged uh, with violating the law in a number of states. Preachers have been arrested in the state of Vermont because they've quoted what Paul wrote in the first chapter of the book of Rome, Romans about homosexuality being a sin. It's happening, and it shall happen, and it shall increase. This is just a preview of what is to come because these people are quite... Militant and it's something that we need to be aware of and one thing that we also need to be aware of is the fact That many of the things that are said that's being told is not the truth They're they're fabricating uh, the information in order to incite prejudice in the hearts of American people Here's some of the things that other people are saying These are some of the remarks that showed up on the church's website Uh, Again, I hope (laughs) I keep messing the button. Uh, We'll get there in just a second. This is a time for us to pray. Lord, help me. I've got my rescue, my heroes back there right now. Look at there. You're bigots. You're a group of horrible people. I hope your church burns in hell. You're a scumbag church. Now, this is what I could put Before you there are many 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 more statements that I can't put before you because it got a lot worse than that This was the reaction People felt towards this church and what did they do? They did what Jesus Christ Instructs them to do that's all they did it wasn't because homosexuality was involved They would have done it on any other issue as well This one just happened to be homosexuality as I mentioned It's been done with the playboy bunny and nobody cared and they done the exact same thing in Chattanooga And all of a sudden the world's falling apart and this church is a scumbag church the church has told Jesus uh, it this was in a uh, The newspaper the Chattanooga free press is the name of it Uh, It was published on August 23rd, just last month, just a couple weeks ago, actually. Uh, David Cook is the author. I've taken out a lot of the quotes, but let me show you a few of the things he had to say about this to his readers. With regard to the Ridgedale congregation, where is mercy? Where is love? Where is anything in this church's cruel demand, even remotely God-like? The steps that the elders took were based on the teachings of Jesus Christ. We read it a few moments ago in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 through 11. We read it in Romans chapter 1, that homosexuality is a sin. We're taught that when there is a sin in the camp, we have got to get it out Do you not know that a little leaven will leaven the whole lump? Paul wrote in first Corinthians chapter 5 They done exactly what they were supposed to do. They were following the instructions of Jesus Now this fellow has said that this church made a cruel demand that demand came from Jesus that means Jesus is the one who made the cruel demand because these men were only carrying out their responsibilities to him. But Mr. Cook isn't going to say that because that's not going to draw the kind of sympathy he wants to draw. He wrote it the way he wanted it to appear, as though these men were not caring men, they could care less. He said, I wish someone would stampede in, overturn your tables. Drive the homophobic madness from your pulpit. Exercise you. What you're doing, it's not Christian, it never will be. Packs of wolves are more compassionate than this. You talk about going over the top. If I exaggerated in talking about homosexuality like these fellows do about everybody else, I would be drummed out of the state for it. But the fact of the matter is they can say whatever they want to and they continue to get by with it here's a question he raises what did cat's mother do that was so criminal so sinful well he says she loved her daughter her gay daughter that's what she did that was her crime i've already shown you that that wasn't her crime the elders didn't expect her to stop loving her daughter that was her daughter and of course she was going to love her daughter And she was going to have supper with her daughter. And her daughter was going to come over to her house. And they were going to be a mother-daughter relationship. Nobody was telling her that she couldn't have such a relationship with her daughter. What they were telling her is that you are a representative of Jesus Christ and the church that he built. And as a representative, you're bound, just like a preacher is, just like a Bible teacher is, to teach the truth in love. And that's what she wasn't doing. She was advocating a lie. And that's why she was disfellowshipped. But that's not what he said. He said she was disfellowshipped because she loved her daughter. The implication, they didn't want her to love her daughter. Of course, they look like a bunch of mean people. But that's not what happened. That was a lie. Why do so many people disagree with the Lord on this particular matter? First of all, subjectivity rules the day to day people are governed by what they feel what they what they think listen to people talk on the tv the reporter asked someone how do you feel about this what what do you feel when you think about this they, it, uh, what's your gut reaction that's what they're looking for uh, truth well no not really we want to go with the feelings and that's what rules the day in our culture one woman wrote the Ridgedale Church and here's what she said I think the decision-makers of this church will one day pay for their sins I think ma'am according to the Lord Jesus will these decision-makers one day pay for their sins she doesn't know She doesn't have a clue I know she's a religious woman I know she goes to church all the time But I also know that she doesn't know the scriptures Because if she did, she would know what Paul said In 1 Thessalonians 5.22 Prove all things Don't allege judgment on someone When you don't know the facts of the matter She doesn't know what the Lord has to say about this But she's thinking, she's feeling She's going by her gut reaction She's condemning them And the poor thing doesn't even know what she's talking about. Another woman writes, I think the Coopers will be far better off without a church who punishes them for not turning their back on their child. Why did this woman write that? Well, probably she read the the newspapers or she watched it on the television. How the elders of this church told Miss Cooper that she could not love her daughter. This woman read it. She believed it. And now she despises the people who are responsible for it, for not turning her back on her child. And she thought that was a bad thing. I, th- I think that was a bad thing, too, had that been the truth. But the fact was, it wasn't the truth at all. Another woman wrote, in my world, my God accepts, doesn't judge, and loves all of his children. Another wrote, wow, I guess we know different gods. My God offers unconditional love and tells me not to judge others. Well, let's think about a few of these statements. My God doesn't judge. Well, what are we going to say about uh, the world during the days of Noah? Did God make a judgment? What would we say about the the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and the other three cities of the plain? Did God make a judgment? He passed judgment against five cities, and yet he spared the rest of the world. What about the fall of the city of Jerusalem? Did God make a judgment? What about sending the Israelites into Assyrian captivity or sending uh, the Judeans into Babylonian captivity? Did God make a judgment? The God of the Bible makes judgments all the time. And this poor lady has so little understanding of the God she claims to respect and worship that she actually think he doesn't judge. But he does judge. And my God offers unconditional love. Well, we know that's not true. God doesn't love people on an equal footing. In John chapter 3 and verse 16, for God so loved the world. Well, that's on an equal footing. I agree with that. But the Greek word in that place is the word agape. And what it has to do is a love of the will. God chose to love the world. God loves all people, and God wants all people to be saved. That's equal footing. But when Jesus was talking to his disciples about God's love for them, he said, my father loves you. My father phileos you. Not agape this time, but my father phileos you. This is how you feel about your son and your daughter. You agape your enemy. You wish your enemy would repent and be saved. You agape them, but you phileo your son or your daughter. You have an emotional love. There's a strong attachment between you and your son and your daughter. God agapes the world, but he phileos you, my apostles. Why? Because you love me. There's a difference there. There's a difference in the way God loves all people and the way God loves his children. It's not the same. There are conditions that must be met. And the condition the Son of God mentioned at that particular time, because you love me, my Father phileos you. So there are conditions to God's love. His love is not unconditional. If that were the case, all people would be saved and nobody would be lost. And she also says, My God tells me not to judge others. In John chapter 7 and verse 24, we are to judge with righteous judgment. We all know what Jesus said in John 7 and verse 1 we are not to judge others. Okay, I understand that. But in the same chapter, the 24th verse, the Son of God said, When you judge others, make sure it's a righteous judgment. In Psalms 119 verse 172, the, we're told that all God's commands are righteousness. Therefore, if I make a judgment based on the Word of God, that is a righteous judgment. I can't say I think she's evil because this look in her eye, this look in her eye just convinces me that she's an evil person. and Jesus said, don't make those kinds of judgments. But a person's out here robbing houses, house after house after house after house. I know he's a thief. Why? That's a righteous judgment. The evidence is in. I know if a person's a drunkard. If he's drunk all the time, he's a drunkard. We know what people are by the fruits they bear. She said, my Lord tells me not to judge. And that's not true. That's not what our Lord teaches us to do. We're not to make an unrighteous judgment, but we certainly must make a righteous judgment. That's exactly what he does, and he does it all the time. Now, here's one thing she says, and I really chewed on this. I guess we know different gods. And I believe that is exactly right. People in our culture, in our state, in our community serve different Gods, the God I know the God I love the God I serve is very very different from the God that many people I know the God that they serve the God that they serve is is 180 degrees apart from the God I serve they serve a God who is unconditional love I do not I serve a God who has conditions on love They serve a God that isn't disturbed by uh, obedience to his word. I don't know that God. The God I know expects us to do the very best of our ability to carry out his word. The word, the God that many people knows is nothing at all like the God I know. And I think there's an element of truth to what she says. And I think that's one of the reasons why we never see eye to eye. They know this God. I know that God. And they're not the same person. They're very different from one another. The Bible tells us who God is what he is what he's like it tells us everything about God that we need to know but if we don't know what God has revealed by himself in Scripture then we can't possibly know God we can't see him we can't touch him we can't talk to him one-on-one in a conversation like manner the only way we could possibly know anything at all about God and what God thinks about anything under the Sun is if he's revealed it to us in his word But if you think or you feel what's right or wrong how could you possibly know what God thinks and feels about anything and you know it's really sad it's really so sad it wasn't that many years ago that all the denominations were pretty much alike the denominations pretty much taught the Bible as it is except on a few points There was a difference about baptism being for remission of sins there was a difference in uh, the use of mechanical music and probably uh, one or two other things but other than that denominational preachers were preaching the same thing our brethren were preaching there really wasn't a difference at all but that's not the case today you turn on the TV today and it's a whole lot different it's nothing like it used to be the respect the reverence for the Word of God it's not there anymore It's just not there now. There are isolated congregations in the denominational world that are doing their best to do the will of God I know some Baptist churches for example that have stopped using mechanical music because they don't think it's in harmony with the will of God They're moving closer and closer and closer to the truth And I rejoice in the fact that they are but they've got this mindset that they want to make God happy and they're doing Everything in their power to do it As they come to an understanding of truth but for the most part that's really not the way it is even many of our brethren are going off to the left unfortunately some of my good friends have done the very same thing and it's a it's really heart-wrenching to tell you the truth secondly I think uh, there's a warped uh, sense of of what tolerance is and uh, how we are to be a tolerant people and because of that, that creates some of the problems we see in religion today. In our culture, intolerance is one of the greatest sins of all. To be intolerant is one of the worst things you can do. Uh, judge another person, be intolerant of their behavior, to have nothing uh, to do with their lifestyle because it's sinful makes you an intolerant person, and intolerance is just not acceptable. It's a, it's a, it's a terrible terrible sin to be guilty of and of course conservative religious people are considered to be uh, quite intolerant Uh, could you hit your button back there son thank you churches of Christ as you know are considered to be an intolerant people Uh, I don't agree with that I don't think that's true uh, at all Uh, there was sin for example in the church of Corinth The church of Corinth was a tolerant congregation but Paul was upset because they weren't doing anything you're probably uh, familiar with the event that took place there there was a man who had his daddy's wife how sinful how sinful that was his daddy and his wife used to come to church and now when everybody would gather together at the church service the daddy be sitting over here by himself, and his son had the wife over here now she's his wife I mean For a while, she was the daddy's wife, and now she is the son's wife. Well, what did the saints, saints, what did they think about it? Nothing. What did they do about it? Nothing. You know, everybody's happy. The waters are calm. Everything's going smooth. Why rock the boat? And they didn't. They didn't do anything. There was sin in the camp, and they did nothing about it. And Paul wrote to them. He scolded them because they were intolerant of that type of behavior in first corinthians chapter 5 and verse 2 there you go paul said to them you are puffed up and have not rather mourned you've got you've got a, a crazy wild sin in the church you ought to be in tears because this has happened to your brethren And instead, you're puffed up. You're behaving as though all things are right. There's no problems. We're doing good as the people of God. He said, how can you do that? You ought to be crying. You ought to be looking for some sort of help to get you out of this mess. You ought to mourn that he who has done this deed might be taken away from you. Might be taken out of the church. Because the behavior was deplorable. And they were acting as though nothing was wrong. He went on to say in verse 5, Deliver him to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the Spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Take him out of the church. Deliver him to Satan. Deliver him back to the the world. Have no fellowship with him. That's what he means. In the hopes that, He will come to himself realize the sin he has committed repent of it and in the end be saved this is something that happens all the time mrs. Cooper had a daughter who was a lesbian and she wanted her daughter to love her of course and many parents do the same thing she did rather than rather than telling your child the truth you condone their behavior because you want them to come over on Sunday for dinner. You want to maintain a a good, happy environment when the family gets together on Christmas Day. You don't want to rock the boat. You don't want your child to hate you. So here is your child is living in sin, and what does the parent do? They act like it's okay because they don't want to mess up a good thing. But here's the problem with that, parents. If we don't face our children, if we don't confront them with the truth, if we condone their actions, they have no reason to change. They have no reason to repent Because in their minds they're doing nothing wrong If a man or woman loved their son or daughter And their, their child was living in sin If they loved them They're going to tell their child They're living in sin That their destiny is going to be The eternal lake of fire If my son or my daughter was lost I would be doing everything in my power To get them out of that lost state I, If I condone it I'm helping, I'm assisting them in their going to a devil's hell. What kind of a person would do something like that? And that's what Paul's telling these people. If you truly loved your brother, instead of acting like everything's okay, you'd put him out of the church. Because then, when he knows what he's doing is a sin, when the brethren aren't going to tolerate it, then. There is the possibility that he might repent and he might be saved. And you know, when we go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, they did what Paul told them to do. And we go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you know what happened? That man repented. And he came back to the church and asked for forgiveness of the church and of his God for the things that he had done. It actually worked. Tolerance, according to today's standard, Paul wasn't a very tolerant man. One thing's for sure, he wouldn't tolerate sin in the church. I've got some more, but let me just finish off with this last one. Thirdly, most people don't know the Bible, and that's a big problem. I've heard about the way things used to be a long time ago, where people would sit out on the front porch and they would talk about the Bible. There was no TV, no radio, anything like that. And when they sat around, they talk. They talk about family affairs, family business, who's sick, who's not sick, and when they got all that out of the way, they would start talking about the Bible, because that's the only thing they really had in common with one another, as far as information, and they would sit around and talk about it all the time. My grandfather uh, couldn't read, but he oftentimes quoted Bible passages to me when I was a child, passage after passage after passage, and I thought about that, how can a man quote Bible verses if he can't even read? Well, He heard the Bible verses so many times that it was only a matter of time till those verses were burned into his mind and into his heart. And he knew what the Bible said, even though the man couldn't read. You know, that's not true today. That's not true. A lot of people don't know what the Bible says. They just don't know. There's so many people that come to me, people at Center Grove, and it breaks my heart to say this. But they'll come to me and they'll say, I want you to go talk and so and so somebody needs to talk to them and I say well won't you go talk to him that's your brother that's your sister I don't know what to say you don't know what to say you've been a Christian for 50 years you don't know what to say you don't know what to tell your brother your sister you've got the same Bible I've got why don't you know what to say go talk to so-and-so and tell them what they have to do to be saved why don't you tell them you know every week we hear what a person has to do to be saved I'm sure that Randy, on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday, week after week after week, you've got to hear the gospel, you've got to believe it, you've got to repent of your sins, you've got to confess the name of Jesus, you've got to be immersed in water. Time after time after time after time, we hear it. And when it comes time for us to tell somebody what they must do to be saved, we don't know what to tell them. Brethren, something's wrong. Something is wrong. And that's one of the big problems today people do not know what the Bible says therefore they go by what they think I think God will be happy with this I feel it in my gut that my God would approve of behavior like this the Bible ignorance I believe uh, caused a great deal of suffering in Israel according to Jehovah that uh, is a true statement in the book of Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 the a part The Lord said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know what destruction is. Uh, The northern kingdom went into Assyrian uh, uh, captivity. The southern kingdom went into Babylonian captivity. Uh, Only a remnant actually existed after this. And what was the cause of their destruction? Ignorance. They didn't know God. They didn't know the God of their fathers. They didn't know what he was like. They didn't know what he wanted them to do. They had the Word of God, yes, but the Word of God will do us no good whatsoever if we do not read it, and that's what they did. They were not reading it, and because they didn't read it, they didn't know God, and because they didn't know God, you know what happened? They self-destructed. Now, there's a lesson in that for you and I. If we don't know God, we can't trust him. It's impossible. You're not going to trust anybody till you know Him. you got to know somebody. Before you give somebody your checkbook, before you give somebody $500 to go do this and that for you, you're going to have to know who that person is. You're going to have to know that they're trustworthy or they're not going to get you money. But do you mean to say that you would turn your life over to a person that you really don't know is trustworthy? You can't do that i can't do that none of us can do that you can't love a person you don't know i could sit here and talk all day about a man named gene Farnier. and i could say do you love gene Farnier? and you say no why don't know who he is how can you love somebody you don't know i know him and i love him he's a friend of mine from my childhood but you don't know him therefore you can't love him i'm not dissing you this is this is just a fact we don't love people we don't know now if i don't know god how could i trust him how could i love him why in the world would i turn my life over to him you see you can't do it if you don't know god you've got to create a god in your mind and that's what's happening a lot in our culture today people have made god in their own image i feel this way surely my god does people are making god in their own image they think homosexuality ought to be acceptable. Surely my God does. They think nobody should have to go to hell unless there's somebody like Jeffrey Dahmer. Surely that's the way my God thinks. I know what the preacher says, God says, but I don't believe that. God's not that way. And people believe a lie. My people are destroyed because they don't know me. This is a battle we have to fight, and we will. We have no alternative. Because it's going to get hotter and hotter as the days come It's uh, very common for me to get challenged on most biblical subjects these days by somebody uh, The the intensity of the fight seems to increase on a regular basis very small church In the suburb of Chattanooga, I think there was only about 60 members. They got pounded by the national news media and when they come after you they come after you with their teeth showing but we'll stand we'll stand on the truth we'll hold tenaciously to the truth because it is the truth and we know it's the truth and we'll never give in sometimes we do cave to pressure because we're afraid somebody won't like us or because they'll think we're ignorant and because we're afraid of losing a friend sometimes we surrender our convictions and we're ashamed of it for a while and then we get used to it it's so easy to get out of the way especially in a society that is so tense as ours is right now we need to look into our hearts on a daily basis make sure we are still aligned with god that we are walking with god getting to know him so we can trust him so we have a good reason to obey him and so that we will enjoy a hope which surpasses all understanding a hope that most people will never know if you look in your heart and you need the forgiveness of an almighty god we hope you'll express that to him Today at this time while we stand and while we sing.